The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. Snow on the move. Let's check in with meteorologist Jason Allenbaugh at the National Weather Service. Jason, what are we looking at this morning? The Lake Effect Snow Band, good morning. The Lake Effect Snow Band is just closing in on the South Towns right now. It's already um, reaching the northern parts of it, reaching Orchard Park and um, Hamburg. Just almost to Lackawanna and West Seneca right now, it's slowly moving northward. Um, it probably will start to accelerate as we get in the next hour or two. Um, so right now, between now and 9 a.m., this band will be lifting slowly north across the metro area. Um, rough and difficult travel in that band, for sure. Looking at the webcams coming down south of the city here. Um, so expect basically snowfall rates of 1 to 2 inches per hour with that, and um, visibility is less than a half mile, and that's probably being pretty generous. So if you don't have to travel, <laughs> you know, for the next couple hours, it'd probably be better to wait it out. But um, this band is on the move and heading up toward the metro. Okay. Uh, how far north is it expected to go, and how long will it stay there? It, as it goes farther north, it will probably start to accelerate even more. So it will reach the north towns probably between um, 7 and 9 a.m., the way it looks right now. And then off into Niagara County, it should be weakening at that time, too, and becoming more quick as it's moving to the north. So this next few couple hours here um, through 7 a.m. is going to be rough over the south towns and into the southern part of Buffalo. And then as it starts to lift north, um, people will encounter the, you know, the heavier snow, but it probably won't last as long as it's, as it's moving north through the area. All right. It's it's a pretty organized band of lake effect, isn't it? It is. And sometimes these bands won't reform like this, but it has. So that should be a tip off right there that this is something you don't want to mess around with. And um, it's already there. So it's and it has a pretty sharp northern edge to it. So it's pretty, pretty heavy band. And just looking at the cameras down to the south of the city, um, you can already see the, you know, the really difficult travel. So people should just be prepared for that, even though right now we're sitting here in most of Buffalo and it's quiet. That's right on our doorstep coming to the north. End of the day, uh, what are we expecting in terms of snow totals? Snow totals, most areas probably across the metro, maybe I'd say the south towns will probably see like three to four inches because it's, it's kind of hang, hanging out there right now. But at most areas, will probably see one between one and three inches as it's, as it's moving through. All right. And when do you see all of this kind of settling down and things much better? Yeah, our lake, our um, winter weather advisory goes through 11 a.m. this morning. That looks pretty good as far as just kind of getting through the area. And after that, things should should start to settle down. There could be some lighter snow showers this afternoon, but this is the last of the the heavier lake effect we've you know we've been dealing with for the last few days here. Jason, we've been talking with you uh, you know just about every morning, and your team there over at the National Weather Service. Would you believe I haven't put my snow brush in my car yet? <laughs> All right, Brian, <laughs> it's time. It's, it's on our doorstep. Yeah, it's time. It's your decision. Yeah, 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 that's me. Uh, all right. Hey, Jason, thanks so much. Jason Allenbaugh, meteorologist over at the National Weather Service, talking about the lake effect snow. Uh, warning, moving into the Buffalo metro area between now and 9 a.m. Uh, the advisory for northern Erie County and the Buffalo area lasts until about 11 a.m., so really only the morning commute, but it will be a messy commute uh, when you get out there because of the visibility and everything else yeah, you in might that need band. extra time. You might need that this morning. And on the snow brush, I looked for mine Monday after the big lake yeah. effect in the south towns. <laughs> oh, I know where mine is. It, it wasn't Not in, in the car. car. Exactly. I mine know exactly either. where it is, though. <laughs> 
Other news this morning. In the Mideast, another hostage for prisoner swap is set to take place today. It could be the last for now if Israel and Hamas don't extend the ceasefire now in its sixth day. The ceasefire is also allowing for more aid to enter Gaza, including 54,000 pounds of medical and food supplies from the U.S. The U.N. estimates nearly half of all homes in Gaza have been damaged or destroyed. But with a lack of health and sanitation services, the World Health Organization warns more people could soon die from disease in Gaza than from the bombings. That's Justin Finch reporting. We'll have the latest from Jerusalem coming up uh, at 6 o'clock this morning. Jordana Miller joining us live. There's a new police chief in Chictawaga beginning tomorrow. Police Captain Brian Coons will replace retiring police chief Brian Gould. The Chictawaga Town Board approving Coons unanimously. Coons joined the Chictawaga Police Department back in 1998. In Niagara Falls, both the city's fire chief, Joe Padula, and police chief, John Faso are retiring at the end of the year. Both announced their decision yesterday. The city hiring now for those positions and several others across government, including a clerk, controller, and director of parks and public works. Well, some people in western New York facing a deadline to make sure their driver's licenses aren't suspended by the end of the week. WBEN's Tom Puckett explains. During the pandemic, New York State allowed drivers to renew their licenses online by temporarily self-certifying their vision test requirement as most DMV offices attempted to limit crowds. Now they have a hard deadline of 12-1-2023 and we're asking those who chose to self-certify their vision online to come in and if you fail to submit that test, there is a possibility you could have a suspension of your driver's license. Erie County Clerk Mickey Kern says some 900 drivers have until Friday to get this done. In Niagara County, that number is about 500. And Clerk Joe Yastrzemski says the process is easy. You can come into any one of our three DMV offices. It's painless. As soon as you come into our office, we'll test our eyes, send it to the state, and they'll be in compliance. Hear more online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, uh, quick deadline coming up here. I, You know, I had forgotten about that yeah. during COVID where you were allowed to self-certify your vision yeah. for the driver's license. That's uh, right. <laughs> what a policy. I know. And then to get this reminder here two days before the I, deadline. You know, that's, uh, you know, you still have time. The, the good thing is you can pop in, do it. It really does not take a lot of time. It's better than the alternative, which is going through all the hassle of, of trying to get your license yeah, unsuspended. Absolutely. The cost of home repairs and remodeling jumped by 6.6% nationally in the last year. That's according to the Remodel Index. Rick Sharga, president and CEO of the C.J. Patrick Company. A lot of this is probably due to supply chain disruptions, which have, have increased uh, the, the cost of, of materials. Uh, and finished products that are used for repairs and remodeling. He says prices have escalated pretty rapidly since the beginning of 2021. The holiday season is here, and the big celebrations are back. Here's WBEN's Max Ferry. The holiday season is here, and many companies and businesses this year have officially revived their end-of-year holiday traditions and festivities now that the COVID-19 pandemic years have long departed, such as the in-person holiday Christmas party at the local brewery or restaurant. We do a pretty brisk event business here at Big Ditch, and usually December is our best month for private events. Historically, it's been that way for many, many years. Obviously, we saw a big dip in that beginning in 2020. 
but it has come back and rebounded pretty good every year since then. Matt Kahn, co-founder of Big Ditch Brewery. Following 2022's bounce-back year for in-person events, the 2023 holiday season is poised to take another strong leap forward, according to the experts at Challenger Gray and Christmas Incorporated, who reports 56.9% of companies report holding in-person holiday parties in 2022, up from 26.6% who reported this in 2021, and just 5.3% who held in-person parties in 2020. While there was a good majority of companies celebrating in 2022, it wasn't very easy to celebrate in western New York due to the two big winter storms that hit last year. Not as busy as we were pre-pandemic, and we definitely saw a few more parties coming in. What hurt us last year, honestly, is is those two big snowstorms. really took us a little bit out in the the Thanksgiving area and then uh, right around Christmas time, so... That kind of hurt uh, some of the in-house and dining, but we still saw a little bit of traffic in our catering numbers. Probably had a total company-wide, probably, you know, 35, 40 parties. This year, we're probably approaching uh, 60 to 75 parties. Dave Schutte, owner of Oliver's Creek View and Brightsmith Brewing. Both eatery owners say private parties are relatively easier on the staff and staffing. You can hear the full conversation at WBEN.com. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. All right, uh, holiday parties back in full swing yeah. across western New York. Probably Even getting, here. Yeah, hey, uh, that's right. So back for the first time in a while. Yeah. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, lake effect snow this morning will push through the metro area move from central erie county to northern erie county as the morning moves along with uh, temperatures in the low 30s this afternoon under mostly cloudy skies so most of your uh, snow will fall early this morning then we get into tonight early lows near 30 with mostly cloudy skies temperatures actually rise overnight mid 40s with partly sunny skies on thursday with your exclusive wben 7 weather forecast i'm chief meteorologist aaron mikowski Joining us on the line is attorney John Elmore, represents many of the victims' families in the Tops shooting massacre. This conversation taking place just a day after there was still no decision made on the death penalty for the shooter on that in that federal case. John, thanks for joining us. So we heard that yesterday during a hearing as part of that federal case. Uh, the next hearing isn't scheduled. For next year, it's been now over a year since Peyton Gendron pleaded guilty to all state charges against him. Is there growing frustration that there hasn't really been movement, it seems, on this federal case? Well, let me just tell you with a little bit of history of the death penalty. Um, In the Trump administration during Donald Trump's last six months, there were 13 executions. And there was a first those were the first executions in over 20 years president biden ran on a platform that was anti-death penalty um since uh merrick garland has been the attorney general 25 cases which death penalty authorization was granted uh those authorizations were um rescinded and so um they're moving towards a decision there is a death penalty panel in the Justice Department of lawyers that review these cases. Uh, they've reviewed this case and they've made their recommendation to the number two person in the Justice Department, a woman by the name of Lisa Monaco, who's a former special advisor to the Homeland Security under President Obama. And so she's going to review it and then she will 
make her recommendation to the Attorney General uh, Merrick Garland, who has the ultimate decision-making in this case. Based on what you just said, then, do you expect, because the administration ran against the death penalty, that this will not be a death penalty case? It's a difficult question to answer because just a couple months ago, there was a trial in Pittsburgh uh, where someone went into, when the defendant went into a Jewish synagogue, and in, and, and in this case, um, it was a federal prosecution, and the jury in Pittsburgh recommended death, and that was a case where the death penalty was authorized by, by Merrick Garland. However, even though there's a death penalty verdict in that case, it doesn't necessarily mean that that person is going to be executed because the attorney general then has, after all the appeals have to have been exhausted, the attorney general then has to authorize a, a, a death warrant. Now, think about it. It's been a long time uh, since the Boston Marathon bomber was sentenced to death, and he still hasn't been executed yet. So these cases take a long time. I mean, you would just, the public just generally thinks that in a federal case, you know, it's really something that happens easy. It happens quickly, but it, it, it takes years and in some cases decades because there was a 20-year period where there were no federal death penalty executions, and that did not happen until the last six months in the Trump administration. We've been hearing about some of these meetings that have been taking place. Are, are these typical steps that are taken in a potential death penalty case? And, and what are those steps? You mentioned uh, one of them uh, when we first started talking here. Yeah, well, well first, the, the local U.S. Attorney's Office has to do, a, has to do an investigation and a recommendation. They have, to prevent, they have to present their findings to the Justice Department death penalty panel. And then uh, eventually the defense lawyers have an opportunity to present their case, a plea for life, before this panel of, of uh, U.S. attorneys in, in Washington, D.C. And then once they do that, that panel makes a recommendation to the U.S. Deputy Attorney General, who then makes a recommendation to Merrick Garland, the uh, ultimate decision maker. He is the U.S. attorney, the highest ranking law enforcement officer in America. And, and how are your clients, that they're the survivors' families, uh, the, the families, I should say, of the, the injured and the dead from the shooting, how are they dealing with this? Well, every, every time there's a court appearance, they have to relive what happens. And, uh, you know, they've joined a club that is all too frequently a club that people are joining in America because mass shootings have uh, just become an epidemic. I mean, there's been over 700 mass shootings this year. In 1974, there were only three mass shootings. And uh, so, you know, when they see a mass shooting on television, they relive it. When they go to court, they relive it. Uh, and, and, and every day um, it, it is a difficult day. Um, the people that I have, that I represent, they're resilient. Uh, they're loving people. Um, they, I bonded with them. And and we, um, as as their civil lawyer, you know, our march for justice is to hold those civil corporate entities that have put profits over public safety, um, and, uh, uh, and there's some responsibility for this. 
And that's what our goal is. Our goal is to make this community safer, to make this country safer, and to make sure that there are no more mass shootings by using the civil courts uh, to, to do that. What is the status of that lawsuit against the social media companies and others? Yeah, so we file a lawsuit against the social media platforms that radicalized Genrin, the manufacturer of the body armor, the means arms, which manufactured a lock that um, made this AR-15, which is an illegal weapon, able to have a detachable magazine and kill multiple people. And so we we had oral arguments uh, last week um, uh, where the federal, where where the defendants um, filed motions to dismiss. We had oral arguments and and we're waiting uh, decisions for uh, from the judge on that. We probably will get those decisions sometime in January. John, thank you for joining us this morning. And thank you for having me. That's John Elmore, attorney here in Buffalo. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.